Welcome to the Building Lives Podcast, hosted by Joe Fury. We're a show that deals with healing, restoring, and navigating relationships. We post weekly to YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks for tuning in. All right, welcome back to the Building Lives Podcast. I'm here with Joe Fury. My name uh, is Brad Alexander. I'm helping guide this a bit. If you caught the introductory episode, you probably know some of this. But um, Joe, we're here to talk about forgiveness today. Yes. Why is this one on your heart? Well, forgiveness is a core value uh, you must possess if you want to have good relationships. And the reason is we're flawed human beings living with other flawed human beings. So we have to become expert at forgiving hurts that have taken place in our lives, in our present relationships and also in our past relationships. Um, And oftentimes the reason that is people struggle with forgiveness, which simply means to drop the case. Right. And and to give up uh, the hope of revenge and the hope of getting justice. Um, which also is the difficult reasons why people want, you know, can't forgive is because they want justice. They want revenge. They want payback. They want people to suffer like they have suffered. Right. And the truth is they're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to make that happen. And so if we do not forgive, we get locked up in a victim mentality that I am owed. People have done me wrong and I cannot overcome it. And we take our past hurts into our present relationships, and that is where the damage uh, just continues. Um, I become defensive. I become aggressive. Um, I'm always looking out to make sure no one's taking advantage of me, um, especially if we were taken advantage of when we were younger. We're not going to let anybody do it now. If, we, if authority figures had control over us, and there was an abusive type of an authority figure, we are not going to let anybody lord over us again. And when we're big, we'll be the bullies. (laughs) It's true though, right? And um, there's kind of that age-old like joke about people bringing baggage, like, oh, that person has baggage, or people might self-deprecatingly say like, oh, I have a ton of baggage. But it's like there's practical application to how we drag things with us from relationship to relationship or family gathering to family gathering or whatever it is. And it's all tied, tied in to like, I was wronged and I don't want to let it go. And I know a lot of times that hurts us more than them, especially if they're not sorry or, or even unaware of the offense. But what are some kind of common things you see people struggle with in the forgiveness area? I know you, you kind of said like it, it seems like we're, we're not getting justice by forgiving, but I know it goes deeper than that too. Well, yeah, because we think that they have to pay us. And this is where the God part comes in. When I give over and drop the case against someone that has harmed me, the case isn't over. I give the case to God. Mm. And then I leave justice and revenge and fairness and all any of the other feelings I have, I leave them with him to deal with. And so nobody gets away with anything. You know, scripture tells us this, that God said, I will avenge. Justice is mine. 
So he will take care of that situation. And so I get free from having to seek my own justice. And now that creates space because our souls harbor all this stuff. Our souls are only as big as our body. Right. You know, our, our inner emotional being, which is our soul, which is our heart, it can only store so much. So when I create space through forgiveness and I open that space inside, I also create space now for healing. And now healing can start to take place. Because if I don't, I will take that wound, which is still open and still bleeding, and it will bleed into my other relationships. It will cause problems in relationships. It will put jackets on people that didn't do me any harm. Right. They, I will look at them through the filter of my own woundedness. And so we do ourselves a great favor to learn to forgive. And you can only love someone as much as you can forgive them. The depth of the ability to love is in direct correlation with our ability to forgive. And that's what oftentimes happens in committed relationships and in marriage is they don't know how to forgive each other and move on for wounds that are caused either by commission, I do something that hurts you, or omission, I don't do something and it hurts you. And so, and I could have done something. So those are the things we have to navigate through. And when I operate in forgiveness, I also maintain my humility. I also recognize that I am a human being too. And I am in need of forgiveness. The hardest couples I ever work with, or the hardest people, even individuals I ever work with, is when they can't forgive. When they don't feel they've done anything wrong. How can you, as a flawed human being, not believe you've done anything wrong? <laughs> right. Yeah. So you and I are always in need of forgiveness also. You yeah. know, in different ways. Not at all the time, but if I'm in a relationship... Either with God, I need forgiveness. With myself, oftentimes I have to forgive myself for things that I've done to myself. That withhold, you know, holding back when I should have moved forward. Um, decisions I made that were hard. Then I have to forgive others who have harmed me. So I can harm me. Others can harm me. I need to learn how to forgive so I can move forward. Forgiveness keeps us in bondage. Unforgiveness keeps us in bondage. I meant. Yeah. No, this is like a, a big concept, though, and I think one that can be misunderstood or misconstrued at times. And um, I know we've talked about this before, but oftentimes people can either overreact to things. That's a thing, right? That happens. Or we sweep it under the rug and we think the peaceable thing to do is to not ever address anything, and we'll pretend like it didn't happen, and then we'll just keep sweeping and sweeping, and then one day a little thing happens. It could be with your spouse, a family member, and you fly over the edge, and then all of a sudden 10 years worth of stuff is coming up. And it's like, well, because that stuff was never addressed, dealt with, and if, if you needed to deal with it and, and forgive it, you had the opportunity to, or even on your own, you never had a chance to process and forgive it because you're just like, I'm going to tell myself it doesn't bother me. Well, that, that's called fractured, being fractured in our emotions. <clears throat> to deny that something hurts me, I'm lying to myself. 
And so I'm lying. And so there's a part of me that is hurt. And then there's a part of me that's denying that I'm hurt. And it's still alive in me. I cannot, even if I deny that it hurts, it's still hurt. And so what happens then, you do that over time through many different instances in many relationships. I become so wounded that I don't want any more relationships. That's where isolation comes in. I am better off not having people. That's where the cat ladies come in, where they have all their cats, you know, and all dogs are my best friends because I don't like people. And it's because we've been wounded and haven't been able to navigate through it in the sense of now I can be healed from it. So therefore, I've got wound after wound after wound. It's death by a million paper cuts. And, uh, and some go deeper than others. So there's a, there's an actual process we can go through to forgive. Now, forgiveness doesn't always mean reconciliation. They're two different things. Forgiveness is something I do for me so I can move forward. It is something I do with God so we can maintain relationship. I will work against God. He, you know, God doesn't, doesn't hurt us although we can hold things against him that we didn't like happening, we can blame God. But I still, if I'm going to have a real relationship with God, I have to go through forgiveness because I fall short. Right. But I also fall short in being the best guy I can for Joe. I don't always have my best interest. I didn't become a drug addict because I was thinking clearly what would be best. Right. I was, yeah. I was being motivated by multiple different things. And a lot of it was emotional pain. It was a lot of trauma. And so I'm trying to anesthetize that, keep it at bay, you know, um, and overcome insecurities. Because, you know, you do enough cocaine, you can overcome a lot of insecurities. Yeah. For <laughs> All like of a sudden, you're the smartest minutes. guy in the room. <laughs> yeah. For like half an hour, right? <laughs> then you got to go re-up. Yeah, it's re-up. Like the the never-ending yeah. cycle. Absolutely. Um, You have a couple situations in your life that I think are very real. And I know we're kind of jumping in the deep end of the pool pretty quickly, but I think anytime I hear you talk about them and your ability to work through forgiveness, because as you just clarified, reconciliation, forgiveness are two different things, but you have a couple situations I think are, are worth highlighting because for someone out there that maybe is like, well, this is hitting a chord, but the thing this person did to me, I could never drop the case on that. I think you're someone who has vulnerability and authority to speak on some of those topics because of some of the things that have happened in your life. And I would love to just kind of unpack some of that because I know it's it's even been like a blessing to me to hear how you process through some of these things. Um, well, I had to learn how to forgive. And I think it's another skill set that uh, we oftentimes don't possess. We think forgiving is simply saying it didn't hurt me or it's okay when it's not okay. We lie. Right. You know, we we peace fake rather than peace make. And we pretend like we're okay with something when it's not. And that's when, like you were saying earlier, things will build up. Because just because I say it's not there doesn't mean it's not there. And at some point, the lid will come off because there's only so much space. But what I have learned, and and this was a number of years ago, is that forgiveness is an event. It's a choice to deal with a topic, to deal with a person, to deal with a situation that has gravely wounded us. Mm -hmm. 
And there's degrees of forgiveness. You know, there can be the slight little hurts that we can't overlook. And it's not a big deal. People just are people. And then there's the other things we can't overlook. They have profound impact. And one of them in my life was I was molested by a priest when I was a, a young boy. Um, and I was molested for a number of times. Um, and, uh, you know, there, this man affected my life. He affected the way I looked at uh, myself the way I looked at God, because uh, he was a priest, and we grew up Catholic. And so, you know, there was always this idea that priests are close to God. And uh, so it made me look at God very skewed, made me um, see the hypocrisy that some people can profess with their mouth and their actions absolutely deny it. And so um, what I had to learn to do was to acknowledge that this happened, and, uh, and I can run through a little bit of the process of forgiveness. Yeah, absolutely. And as much as you're willing to share, of course. And it's all, it's all good. Like, yeah, <laughs> I've told the story. <laughs> yeah, I mean. This is a deep wound, though, I want to express. Like, for a lot of people, it's coming out more and more over the years that a lot of people have sexual abuse in their childhood. And it acts out a variety of different ways in their adulthood. But this well, they is something say... that's an issue. Absolutely. They say three and three out of five girls are molested and two out of five boys. Um, So you've got, you know, you look around a room at any amount of people and you can just go one, two, you know, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, and they're molested. And so it's, it's a secret that is, that causes a suffocating fear in the victim to having it exposed. And, uh, so they carry it as a deep, deep secret, deep, deep wound, um, that affects everything else. It affects how they relate to the opposite sex. It affects how they relate to authority. It affects their self-worth. It affects God, their relationship with God. Where was he? Yeah. Why would he allow something like this to happen? These are things that have to be navigated through so that we can be healed. Right. And only things that are revealed can be healed. The rest of it just stays inside simmering um, and oozing uh, when they're triggered. Yeah. So for me, um, well, it was going through a forgiveness exercise with this priest. And it starts by identifying who it is and what they did to you. What they did. And the most important parts is how it made you feel. Mm. What did it cause in you? Because that's what we have to forgive. The event, in many instances in our life, is a short-term thing. Being beat is an event, and it's short-term. But it's the ramifications of that that cause the damage. And some of the ramifications were it, it destroyed my belief in this Christian God. It just is like, you know, I like Jesus. But he's obviously weak and can't control his people. So it messed up my view of religion. It, messed, it, it, it also messed up the way I looked at people who were in authority. I saw this guy, you know, do his Sunday service as the minister. And then I knew what he was doing behind scenes. And so it made me disgusted with authority. And it had a grave effect on the way I looked at authority. Um, and I didn't trust authority. I, you know, and I didn't trust uh, older people. I always thought there's an agenda because these pedophiles, you know, they pick out emotionally needy kids. They look for a certain type. 
and kids that are needy. I thought this guy liked me. Right. I thought this guy was befriending me. And he, he, you know, but he had an agenda that I didn't know about. So you begin to look at others. What's their agenda? What's really going on here? Why are you being nice to me? And so it affects those relationships. So he destroyed my confidence in people being who they, you know, what they present is who they are. I always look for the backstory. And that's probably a natural response to like, Absolutely. You're a young kid and I know your dad had health issues and, and here's this older man who's like supposed to be like on a pedestal. A friend of our family. And that's what's going on. So it's like, what is a kid supposed to? That's a natural response to be like, okay, obviously this is what adults are doing. They claim to be one way. This is what's really going on. Like, So I think that's like kind of worth noting too is like, of course that's the response you had. Like what kid wouldn't have that kind of response to that kind of trauma? Of, well, and it, and it made me think, um, what's wrong with me? Right. Why would this happen to me? What is, why, what's wrong with me? And it, it I suffered a suffocating fear of being found out. Mm. It was, it was literally suffocating that if someone found out, how would I even deal with that? And, you know, so there was, there, there was just so many aspects to it. Um, it, uh, you know, my self-worth was in a, it confused me sexually. Is something wrong with me? Am I, am, am I not normal? Um, what is going on? And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, you know, I had to walk through all that stuff and I forgive him for damaging me about God. I forgive him for causing such sexual confusion in me. I forgive him for destroying my self-worth. I forgive him for making me keep a suffocating uh, uh, fear of being found out and how that tainted everything. And so I learned to live like a double life. I forgive him for having me live a double life, acting like everything's okay when I'm in turmoil inside. Um, and, and, and you list everything that that person did. And then at the end you say, and I forgive them for that. And I forgive them and I give them over to God to deal with. I'm no longer carrying the file cabinet on the files I have and they're legit files, but I'm not carrying it anymore. God, you do that. And then we ask God, this is the, the God part. I ask God to heal the damaged places in me caused by all that. And, and, you know, I now create a space to move from being a victim to move to being uh, healthy and healed. It happened, but it's just a part of my story. It isn't my story. Right. It's just a part of my life. It, I'm more than that. And so I begin now to, to do that. And then you begin to find out that when we reveal, we also become healing agents. We become wounded healers. As I didn't deal with my stuff, God brings other people into our lives who have those same issues and, uh, or same experiences. And now there's a way to navigate that. I would never want to be in relationship with this priest again. That's reconciliation. Right. You know, but I now can move from being... Uh, wounded to being healed. And it doesn't mean I forget, right. but it doesn't have the power over me. 
Like I'm not, I don't fear people knowing anymore. If they want to think bad about me, that's on them. It's not my issue. My, you know, I'm okay. And I begin to get a different identity. And rather than someone who's a victim, I begin to have an identity as an overcomer. This happened, but it's not going to stop my life. This happened, but it's, it's uh, you know, I'm more than that. And so we begin to look at life differently. And then we take it into the other relationships, you know, that we might have. Um, you know, and I people usually start when I take them through forgiveness exercises with mom and dad. Right. It's usually where it starts, you know. Um, and But I'll tell you this, it's always born out of trauma. You know, I forgive my mom and dad for divorcing. I forgive, now not for me, but I've dealt with people with that issue. Right. And I forgive my dad for never seeing me after we divorce. They divorced. You know, and then they have to walk through, what did that make you feel like? Well, it made me feel less than all my friends whose dads would take them to ball games, whose dads would hang out with them. It made me jealous of front people. And, and then I act like it didn't matter in my life. I forgive my mom people have had to walk through. I forgive my mom for choosing boyfriends over me. Mm. That the new, the latest guy that comes into her life is more important than me. I, I forgive my mom for having to work three jobs and never being home because dad left. I, you know, and whatever those navigating things are, those are traumatizing things. They affect the way we look at life. Right. You know, I will never let a woman have power over me. Because mom was always overbearing. I'll never let a woman do that. I'll never let a guy make me feel bad again. I'll never let people get that close. We don't necessarily make those kind of decisions uh, consciously, but we do unconsciously. Uh, Letting people in hurts too much. Right. I'm going to keep them farther out. You know, I, I want to be with a girl, but I'm never going to give her my heart. And I'm not even going to listen to what she has to say a lot. So she's going to bear the brunt of other people's pain in my life. Yeah. You know? And uh, so, you know, and on and on and on. That's a good um, transition, though, because I was going to ask you, um, people who have a hard time forgiving or, like, letting go of the past, um, what would you say the biggest issue with walking through life like that is it spills onto every other relationship whether you think so or not people that have been wounded in boyfriend girlfriend relationships or intimate relationships if they don't deal with that wound it will bleed all over their next one and uh, if they've been for an example cheated on that next person is going to have be controlled at some level so that they can protect their heart. Controlling people are people who have been wounded and have come to the belief system that if I control everything around me, I'll be safe. Right. And so they become controllers, not out of it's healthy, out of self-preservation. And so right. nobody likes to be around somebody that's relating to them as, you know, as an enemy when you're actually connected because that's ultimately what you're doing. I'm going to let you into my life, but I know you're going to get me. So I got to make sure I'm on top of it. And I'll probably get you first. You know, yeah. you're, if anybody's going to get hurt here, I'll do the hurting. Uh, and that's so, a tough position to, to have a relationship from, though. 
Well, that's why we have so many failed relationships. Right. Because we haven't learned to deal with things as they happen and we store up wounds and, uh, and, and they, you know, we walk around wounded. Yeah. So that forgiveness is vital. It's vital if we want to have healthy relationships. I need to be able to listen to my wife. I've been married 40 years and I still hurt her. She still hurts me. And we need to sit down and, and we did, we just did it the other day, <laughs> sat down and communicated Yeah. what's going on and, and listening to each other. I need you to hear it from my perspective. And, you know, when you care for someone, you want to know their perspective so that we can resolve these issues and still come out win-win. That's what forgiveness enables me to do on an ongoing basis in an ongoing relationship is make it a win-win relationship. When it's a win-lose and my person that I'm in an intimate relationship with is an adversary, that's a problem. Right. We're always on the same side. And now we have to deal with an issue that is causing a problem between us. And let's deal with that issue and make it work for the benefit of both of us. And so whatever part I need to own in not making it work, I need to own that and then make the changes necessary. That's reconciliation. Two people making the changes necessary so they can walk together. And, uh, you know, so if I'm in an ongoing relationship that is valuable, I need to be able to do that. If I'm in a relationship that is ended, I still can go through forgiveness because it heals me and is beneficial to me to, uh, well, for the next relationship and for my own mental well-being. Yeah, I guess that's the, uh, the deception is that not forgiving things is like holding power. I have power over these things because I'm upset at, you know, X, Y, and Z, and then that kind of gives me an upper hand, like I, there's a power spectrum and I'm holding the power, but it's kind of like, it's not true, and more often than not, not healing is actually tearing you apart internally, and it's spilling out in all these different ways, but it's like the inability to want to address it because it's like, no, especially with something like rejection or validation, right? That just becomes a trait that it's like, oh, no one's going to like reject me. So if I even feel that, then I'm going to like get the upper hand by, you know, losing my cool or by pulling away and isolating from them. And it's like, well, I didn't want to be a part of that anyway. Well, let's look at it this way. If I can't let go, mm -hmm. that means I'm holding on to it. So if I'm holding on to it, what am I going to do with it? I like to refer to it as carrying a backpack of potatoes. You know, every wound I have is a potato I'm holding against somebody. And if I don't let go of that potato, if I don't give that potato away, I'm going to carry it. And so after a while, you have a backpack full of potatoes. <laughs> That's a funny visual. And they visual. start stinking like potatoes do when they start growing those gnarly roots out. And, they, you know, <laughs> it starts affects, affecting everything. And every time you turn, that backpack's running into stuff. It's like, I need to carry a light pack. So that means I have to deal with it. And I have to deal with it in such a way that I'm resolving. Now, healing takes time. You know, to be healed, I may take some, you know, it takes a energy and it takes time. Um, but 
revealing the wound is the beginning of the healing of the wound. That's why what isn't revealed. If I go to the doctor and I don't reveal what's wrong with me and I just sit there, what, what are you in here for, Joe? I don't know. You tell me. What am I in here for? If I go in and say, listen, doc, my arm is killing me. Now he can deal with something. Now it might be broken. So if he sets it, it's going to take a while to heal. But it's on the path to healing. Right. And forgiveness is getting your arm set so that you can move forward and into healing. And, and then it becomes useful again. It's no, I no longer have to, you know, cover it and hide it and pretend it isn't there. It becomes a scar. And a scar doesn't hurt anymore. It's an indicator of wound. But it's not the wound itself anymore. Yeah. Wow. It's like really deep to think about it in that way. Um, I know you have another um, event that happened in your life. And I think that one is another one that I would be like, well, how could you forget that? You know, like you don't have to forgive that one. That's one you're allowed to hold on to because society has decided you're allowed to hold on to that one. Um, and I know in our talks, you've talked about like, you had to forgive it because it was about your personal healing. Like you needed to move forward, but let's kind of walk through, um, what happened to Sarah and, um, how you process that. Well, Sarah was our daughter, is our daughter. Um, she married, a, she was in the military. She, uh, found her husband in the military. He was uh, an amazing guy in that arena. And they ended up getting married. Uh, they had three children. And um, long story short, they were in the midst of a divorce. Uh, he had serious, serious PTSD and, and couldn't, uh, outside of the military environment, outside of a war environment, he couldn't operate in the, in the realm of normal life. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, my his daughter couldn't take it anymore. And ultimately, um, he murdered her. And uh, then he committed suicide and left uh, a 20-month-old, a five-year-old, and an eight-year-old, which we, uh, my wife and I, Sarah's mom, that I had to raise. And now we're raising them. And um, I've had to navigate through forgiveness of him. And so have the boys. And I mean, we've been through therapy and all that stuff. Right. Um, I had to work through my issues with God on, a, on a allowing that to take place. Um, very, 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 very painful. Um, but I knew forgiveness was necessary so I could move forward and be present. Because one of the things unforgiveness causes in us, it causes us to continually face that thing and look at that thing. And, um, we, you know, I want to get by that. So it took me about a year and a half, and I basically did the same thing I did uh, with uh, that priest, was to get a piece of paper and write down, uh, I forgive you, Ricky was his name, uh, for murdering my daughter, uh, for, and named all the things that that did in me, all the things it caused in our lives, all the pain it caused her sister and, and her mom and her, her children and uh, his children and uh, you know those you know you robbed her of her I forgive you for robbing her of a future I forgive you for robbing her of being able to see her children grow up 
I forgive you for thinking that you could do this to another human being. The audacity, the right, the unbelievableness that you could even begin to fathom that. I forgive you for the pain of the boys. I forgive you that in school they never can have uh, a mom and dad night. I forgive you that they they know they're different than other kids. Um, I forgive you for that burden that you put upon them that they have to carry. Um, I forgive you for killing yourself and not being man enough to just kill yourself and let her live. And, uh, you know, I forgive you for choosing the coward's way out. And you were such a brave dude. I, I forgive you. You had two bronze stars. We'll care, one of them carrying a guy in the line of fire wow. to, to safety. He was a badass in that arena. Right. And when it came to life, you took your wife's, my daughter's life. Right. You, you know, yeah. it's, it's a heavy duty thing. And so, you know, in all the other aspects of that, I, I forgive you for take robbing me of retirement, robbing my wife and I of retirement. I forgive you for placing the burden of raising three little kids well into our probably our 80s, you know, I forgive you for these things. I forgive you for not just divorcing. You had a whole life. I forgive you for choosing to do this when you were only 37 years old. You had your whole wow. life ahead of you. I didn't know he was that young. Yeah, he went in the service at 17. He was retiring within a couple months of being in it 20 years. Wow. You know, but then I also knew his background growing up was was tragic in a lot of ways, you know. So um, I forgive him for making decisions that were so horrific to so many people, for for may, uh, doing this to your mom, right? Who we now know in a way we never knew before, and and the burden she carries knowing her son's a murderer. I I forgive you for that, and. Uh, mm. You know, you've just done so much damage that, uh, uh, you know, I just pray God. And then that's the other aspect of forgiveness. After you name it all, you, you go, I, and I forgive you for these things. And then I, see, now I get to own what I'm going to do with it. When we don't forgive, we're constantly looking at what that person did and what they did to us and how it affected us. And I'll, I don't want to have to deal with this. And it, I don't want this in my life. And I don't, you know, and we're looking at, once we acknowledge all that, now it moves, it shifts the paradigm to, okay, what am I going to do about this? Right. This is what it is. It enables me now to embrace the reality of what I face. Okay, I need to learn to accept this. This is the hand I'm dealt. And so now I can be proactive. I'm no longer a victim here, although I have been victimized. But now I can move into, what am I going to do with this? I can be a good dad to these kids, or I can be a, a bitter man. I can look at all that I've lost, or I can look at what I can give. And so it puts me in the place of that. And then so I forgive him, and then I ask God to take care of him. God, you know, you know it. What's wrong with this guy? And then I can ask God to heal the damaged places in me. Make me a man who can rise up to the challenge he has to face. Because I'm, I, I, you know, I've learned in life you have to face what you got to face. Right. I don't. I don't get to always choose. You don't always get to choose. Anybody watching this doesn't always get to choose the cards. 
we have to play, but we do have to play them. And the goal here is play them well because it's the best way to go. And it makes us a blessing to others. You know, it, it opens a door to help others who will travel down this road. Right. You've had awesome stories with that too. And I'm always just like, this story is like heart-wrenching. And I'm always so grateful when you share it, not to like over-sensationalize it because it's a tragic story. And it's like losing a child, you constantly hear from people is like, you're never the same. It's like a piece of you. It's traumatic. I know my wife, one of her best friends died when they were young. And every time we see her parents, like there's still that, that wound there. And it's like a lot of times they'll get very emotional or even cry when they're around my wife because it reminds them of their daughter. And, you know, it was a car accident, so it was no one else's fault. But um, to have, and you've lost two children, but that's a story for another day, two of your three. But um, when you have something like this, and you were on the phone with her, and that's another dynamic of, like, you guys heard it happen. And, like, the trauma, I think there's people out there that it's like a drunk driver hit their their son's car, daughter's car, and they died. And it's like, I could never forgive him for that. And I know the only reason, obviously we want to honor Sarah's life. And, but the reason to share a story like that, or I ask you to, is I really think you choosing to work through forgiving that could speak to so many people out there that, that feel like I lost a kid in a tragic way too. And I, I don't know if I can forgive that person, but I know you've talked to people and been able to help walk them through that, you know? Well, one of the things my wife and I have both learned in the loss of our children and in other areas of, lo uh, of loss and, and pain, like everybody else, they go through their things. This is ours. They go through theirs. Um, we're not different in that sense. But what I have learned is that if when God wants to reach people, he has to oftentimes give us commonality. If he wants to reach specific groups of people, he has to give us a way in the door. And often it's through a commonality of loss or tragedy or similar traumas. And that creates an environment that your voice gets to be heard because you have that authority, because you've been there, done that. You know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to be molested. I know what it feels like to lose a dad at a young age. I know what it feels like to uh, be a drug addict. I know what a lot of different things uh, feel like um, because I've experienced it and I'm no different than everybody else. They've all, you know, it's the only thing fair in this world is junk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all get our share, right? you know, and, and to be honest, I wouldn't want to trade mine with somebody else's because they have to carry theirs. And so what we have to do is realize in forgiveness it creates the space to help others. It creates the space to know that God, you see God in a different way. And one of the key things I've found out about God is that um, he says in his word that he will make all things turn to good. He will cause all things to mend up good. I hold on to that. I know I will see my son and my daughter again. I know 
I will see him again. They, they, you know, I know it's not over. So I know I win at the end. You know, they, you know, there is loss now, like you were saying, there is loss for the rest of my journey. I will be missing her every holiday. We miss her every multiple times a week. I think of her multiple times. Um, my wife, you know, cries regularly. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a deep, deep, deep wound, but someday it'll be healed, you know? And, uh, and that, so that's the great hope we have. And in the meantime, I got a job to do here. You know, we're not done. And so be about the business and, uh, and then deal with our stuff. And, um, and we needed help with it. And the boys were, you know, w- We've learned to keep the memory alive. You know, we tell them all about their mom. Uh, the littlest one can't even really remember, but we tell them about their mom. And, and we, you know, it's not something we don't talk about anymore. It's like, no, she is still a huge part of our lives. And, uh, and she always will be. You know, same with our son. So um, forgiveness enables us to be a blessing to others too. And... Uh, you know, we're just people helping other people as we've been helped. Yeah. And, um, and some of these situations we've been talking to forgiveness is definitely, it's for us because that person may be gone and both these scenarios, right? That person is no longer here. You're working through forgiveness, someone who's gone. Um, and that's about letting go of the hurt they cause so that we can heal what about situations, uh, I know we talked about a marriage, but like, what about situations where reconciliation might be possible? Um, it's like forgiveness and it's like owning your part while forgiving someone. Some, sometimes it's a, a dual thing. Do you have any thoughts about kind of like when reconciliation and forgiveness go hand in hand? Well, if you're in an intimate relationship, marriage, parent, child, uh, relatives, um, you know, the ideal is reconciliation, but that takes both people. So if you're in a marriage, anything can be dealt with if both people are willing to deal with it, you know, and sometimes they might need help. Sometimes we can't see, you know, the, the, the way out and someone on the outside sees it much clearer. So that's why, you know, counseling and therapy and coaching can be of such value. But see, both people have to want it. It takes two to make it. It takes one to break it. If I will not be reconciled, then there's no reconciliation. You know, my heart has to be towards reconciliation, but sometimes it's not possible. But in a marriage, the idea is to deal with things as they come up resolve them satisfactorily to the best of our ability so that we both feel good about it and we move forward together. And if that becomes a practice in our lives, then our marriage and our relationships are, are effective, are holistic, and are, are satisfactory. To, you know, they create satisfaction. I like being married. <laughs> I've been married 40 years. I like being married to Therese. We have a good relationship. We've worked on these things. We've navigated these hurdles. We've overcome uh, 
a, a wounding in our early marriage. I was a drug addict for the first five years of our marriage. Oh, wow. Yeah, for the first 10 years, basically, of our relationship. But five years of marriage to where she left me. So we've had to, she's had to walk through that forgiveness. Right. And we reconciled. And then we had to learn to, ooh, how do you do marriage? What is that <laughs> skill set? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know. I guess that's what I was saying earlier is like sometimes someone's not even aware of like how much their actions did affect you, right? Right. It's like that's something that, you know, over the course of talking to my own dad about some elements of my childhood, there's times he's like, oh, yeah, like I guess maybe I would have done that different. Or, you know, a lot of times there's things I brought into my 30s even um, that he was unaware were like bothering me until one day I was like, you know, dad, like this thing, like you moving around all the time or leaving the state when I was in high school, I wasn't emotionally mature enough as a, as a kid to be like, hey, I felt abandoned. But it played out the well, same. Well, you were. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The um, feeling was correct. <laughs> but a lot of times, like, it's funny, earlier you said, a lot of times people, you start going through forgiveness, and it's like, it starts with the parents, and it's like, a lot of times our parents thought they were doing the best thing, or, right. or they were just trying to survive or get by, and it's like, they don't always recognize that, you know, some of that stuff carries carries over, even if you weren't beating your kids or molesting them. There, a lot of the actions, getting a divorce can be traumatic. It's not like at the time you're like, oh, I don't care if it hurts my kids, but it's like that was a solution you found like, okay, this needs to happen, and it did affect the kids, but you didn't communicate well, with them that's often. The, or... that, that's the parent's fault in the sense of thinking and, or minimizing the effect it's going to have on the kids. It's not going to affect them. They'll be fine. I've heard it many times. Kids are resilient. Right. They'll, they'll, they'll work through it. It's not that big a deal. It's a massive deal. Yeah. It's a massive deal with massive consequences in that child's life. You know, the fear, when you're abandoned, you go into every relationship after that with the fear of abandonment. You ought, we automatically think at some point this person's going to leave. I, at some point, so I cannot attach too strongly because they're going to leave. Mm. You know, pe the people that said they were going to be there aren't going to be there. So people lie. Yeah. So your word doesn't mean that much, ah. you know. And so we take that into our other relationships, you know, uh, uh, you know, dads aren't to be trusted. What? What? And then we take into what's wrong with me? Why yeah. would my? What's wrong with me that dad would leave me? Why am I not valuable enough? And a lot of times, like I said, these aren't conscious decisions. Right. They're subconscious, which means I believe it, but I'm not aware I believe it. And and it's it's working out in my life, but I'm not aware it's working out in my life. I think it doesn't affect me. So I'm lying to myself about what it does. So if I'm lying to myself about how it affects me, I'm lying to myself about how it affects others. It doesn't affect anybody else. Yeah, yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. Yeah. You know, because it doesn't affect me. You know, I'm okay. I'm good. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I know. I've, I've heard that a lot, like kids are resilient. I always personally like... 
I don't know, not to challenge anyone or maybe to challenge him. I always thought that was kind of a cop out because I'm like, if something's important to you, like if you had a meeting for like a company merger and your stock was going to go up and you were making a lot of money, you wouldn't blow off that meeting and be like, ah, companies are resilient. What's the big deal? But when we treat our kids like that, I think it sends a message of like, you're not that valuable or important to be considered in this decision. Right. You'll bounce back. Yeah. I'm not worried about you, but what we're really saying is like, well, you will or you won't. We'll see how it all pans out. You know? I can cut off your arm. You're resilient. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you can live with one arm. Yeah. You know, you can navigate that. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. 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 You can have your whole life tossed and, you know, changed and you'll be okay. Yeah. And uh, so what does the child learn? They're not valuable. So what do they learn? Okay. The adults are the shot callers. Oh, right. I should be in Well, whoa, when I become big, I get to call the shots. And, and then we kind of believe that I'm not that important. Hmm. And then we don't, they, you know, that it affects our self-worth. And so I, I, you know, why should I really take care of myself? What's, I'm not that important. Yeah. You know, I, I don't count. And then we pretend like it doesn't matter. And then we have anger. Yep. Because we have deep anger. Because it does hurt so bad. Anger is, is, you know, the outward sign of inward hurt. I'm hurt. And it manifests as anger. Wow. You know, just like if you take a hammer and slam your thumb, you're going to start cussing and stuff. The anger coming out is a result of the hurt that you just felt. Right. And so it's the same thing emotionally. You know, I'll be short-tempered. I'll be, uh, geez, things will set me off. Why am I always on edge? You yeah. Know, I have to get my way. I'm not going to let someone bully me or act like I'm not. I'm, my voice is going to be heard, you know, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, that's why people do different things to wear their hair radical, you know, yeah. get, do different things to their body and stuff. Why? Cause they're going to be noticed. <laughs> people didn't notice me. I'm going to be noticed. Yeah. Now, You're talking you know? to a guy covered in tattoos <laughs> about, yeah, but Yeah, no, this is good because one thing I did take away from you is like when I had kids, some stuff maybe I thought had um, been dealt with in my life kind of surfaced and I had to reconcile some some things I was upset about and it didn't come out in the best way and it caused some divisions in my family at the time because instead of going to said parties and having actual conversations, I did what any normal civilized person does. I posted on Facebook a big long status update. And I'm like, I'm going to vent out everything I'm upset about. I'm going to make a real statement. And then as soon as that got back to, you know, my mom and stepdad, my dad, it's like, there's all this like, Hey, like you put us on blast on the internet. And like, I think they were hurt. Right. And that came out as anger. But, um, you kind of realize that it's important to address these things and work through them. But without the forgiveness card, what happens is you get stuck at just like venting. I, you did this and it made me do this. And then all of a sudden I'm angry and I'm the victim here. And it's like, and now I act like this because of how you raised me or because you did this and you never move past it. Nothing gets resolved. And you're just upset all the time at every little thing. And you're just picking out, Oh, and this other thing and this other thing. And you're like, oh my God, like 
I'm just this bitter person and I'm blaming every bad choice I made in my life. I'm taking the ownership off me and just saying, oh, if, if it had been different for me, if I was in a different situation, then like this would have all turned out different. And it's like, well, A, you don't know that that's true, right? Like sure. maybe you would have gotten into doing drugs regardless. Maybe you would have done this. Like, yes, like a lot of times it's emotional pain that leads to that, but if you weren't solving your problems, it could have been from your parents, your peers. It could have been any number of things, right? And that's why forgiveness is a me thing. Right. They don't even have to be involved. They may be involved later, but I have to work through that in myself that I forgive them. Then perhaps we can bring it up later and be reconciled about it. But if I don't bring it up, if I don't work through that on me, I'm going to work it out some way. And yeah. usually it's like you said, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to put them on front street. I'm going to confront them. I'm going to be every time I see them, I'm bitter about it. And I'm, I'm just waiting for them to do something that connects to what was done before. And I can be mad again. Yeah. And so I never see them as human beings. I see them as victimizers. Yeah. And I don't realize that they were wounded in their life. Forgiveness causes me to be human and it causes me to look at others as being human too. Yeah. They had reasons, like when we talked about Ricky, he had reasons why he chose to do this most destructive things. I'm not saying they're good. I'm not saying they're, they're I'm just saying they are. And he came from a place of great, obviously great pain. And he came from a place of great loss and he could not bear the thought, the feeling he could not bear of losing more, of mm. losing her, of, wow. you know, even though he's only 37 and wow. could do a whole life, whatever those things are, it puts us on a level playing field. Because what I have learned, given the same situation, same circumstances, same upbringing, I could very well do the worst that someone has done. On the flip side of that is I could also do the most noble thing that people can do. Yeah. Because why? I'm a human being. And I'm just a fellow human being. Right. And they are humans too. And I would like to think I'd never do anything like that. I like to think I would never be put in that situation. But I understand as a human being, I can do things that other human beings do. Right. Great and evil right. so by the grace of god there go me and so i have enough in my own life to deal with you know yeah. and and if i let you go into god's hands i'm okay with that yeah. you know because he can judge fairly i can't judge <laughs> right. i judge from my wounds yeah you know so he can judge fairly because he knows as he says the beginning from the end he knows everything and so therefore he is the only competent judge because he takes everything into consideration and his desire like in my life is to forgive me right you know and and he would want to forgive ricky and i hope ricky's in heaven i hope ricky's with god i i wow. would not want him to not be there for I, I that would that would grieve me and uh i don't want that for him yeah you know he's He's a worthwhile human being. And that's what forgiveness does. It says we're worth more than our actions. 
we're, we're, there's a there's a value there be beyond what we do or don't do and so i want to have those kind of eyes because that's the way god looks at us he looks at us as valuable in spite of our humanness that's so good and that really like i think encapsulates the whole message of of what today is about but is there anything else you wanted to touch on 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 forgiveness i think if you want to contact us and uh, you know there's something going on in your life i'd be happy to respond to you and uh, absolutely where can people reach you the, the uh, best right now they can go to joe.fury at hisplace.com that's my email joe.fury at hisplace.com and we can help navigate through this but know, know this you can and there's a bigger life out there and and forgiveness opens the door to more in our life than what we currently have you know god can use our pain for great gain that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing today, opening up, giving, even me, like every time we've talked about this subject, I feel like it causes me to reflect on like, where am I falling short on this? You know, it's good to recognize, but you got to break the cycle and breaking the cycle means healing it. To heal it, you got to forgive it, you know? You got to uh, reveal it to heal it. Yeah. yeah. And um, I just am always appreciative of your insights and I hope our listeners, our viewers um, got something out of today and yeah, just thanks for your, awesome. your openness, man. My, my pleasure. So um, for anyone listening, watching, keep on plugging in. Join us on the next one. We look forward to uh, doing more of these. So, All right. God bless. Thanks for tuning in to Building Lives with Joe Fury. We're a weekly podcast dealing with healing, restoring, and navigating relationships. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at joe.fury at hisplace.com. Thanks for tuning in.